What is the greatest sense of victory you've ever had? A championship winning game, a promotion or success at work? Our first lesson reminds us what Easter is. It is victory in the highest degree. We consider this as we look to our resurrection chapter, 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Listen, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed. In a flash, in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised imperishable, and we will be changed. For the perishable must clothe itself with the imperishable, and the mortal with immortality. When the perishable has been clothed with the imperishable, and the mortal with immortality, then the saying that is written will come true. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O oh, death, is your victory? Where, O oh, death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God. He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord, because you know that work is not in vain. Powerful Easter word. And now some of our best proclaimers of the Easter message. Feel free to come forward. We continue with our kids' song.
There's a psalm that says, from the mouth of babes, God has established a stronghold. (laughs) And so how awesome to have every generation praise the Lord in their own style, their own voice, their own way. And you know, there are so many things this year that are different. Some people say, what a difference a day makes. How about this? What a difference a year makes. And I was looking at some of the major differences that have occurred because of COVID. And one, I don't know if you can relate to, is working from home. Is anyone else familiar with Zoom? Before this year, the only reference I had to Zoom was Nike made really good padding that said Nike Zoom, and it was a really good shoe. Now I'm a guru. I know how to filter. I know how to quiet people. I can teach a class in person and chat at the same time. Can anyone relate to the use of Zoom? Another thing that has changed is our shopping. I don't know if you've had any groceries delivered um, as Amazon just takes over. This has had an effect on other companies for sure. JCPenney declared bankruptcy. There are places going out of business on the Mag Mile. We shop differently. Gatherings look different. There haven't been concerts and theater. In fact, when you look at a crowd like this, it is strange. It seems abnormal to see all those people so close together. And the final thing, it's a love it or hate it category. We're familiar with masks. Do you have a favorite mask? (laughs) I was doing some research on some funny masks. To me, I always like Macaulay Culkin. I thought this was relevant for those who are on a witch hunt, even though you have allergies. This is how many people felt. And then finally, who doesn't love a good cat poking through, right? Yes, many things were different this year. But there are things that remain the same. People still walk, people still shop, people still work, people still socialize. 
And when it comes to Easter, I consider how different it was just a year ago. Last year, there was no one in here. Last year, I was talking to a camera, not knowing exactly who was on the other side. Maybe you were there. And when it comes to the years prior, this was just a couple years ago. Look at that. And now today, it's still different. You're in our mask-recommended service. We'll have a mask-required service, and still people are online. Things are still different for Easter. Last year, I remember hearing of driveway gatherings where people would bring the ham in the driveway, and that's how they'd get together with family. People on Zoom who shared uh, cakes of Easter bunnies, that's how they would get the family together. And things are still different. I don't know if you can get together with your family. But certain things have remained the same. We're still going to eat ham. Peeps and black jelly beans still taste bad. And most importantly, we worship the Lord. Jesus who has overcome. We celebrate an empty tomb and we know all the implications of what that means. That we are delivered from sin, death, and the devil. And that is why we're here. We have not stopped worshiping and we never will. And so happy Easter. And I want to welcome all those who are joining us. Um, you might be first time with Amazing Love, but we are on the same mission, which is to reach the lost with the love of Christ. And we have the same level of excitement, whether you've worshipped here a thousand times or, or one time, welcome again to this place. And I look around and I see all the differences, different age and different gender, a different experience in life, and some grew up in Chicago and some not. And God made it that way. He made us completely different on purpose for a purpose. But then I recognize what draws us all together. We all have a common need. A passage that is the great equalizer is in Romans 6 where it says, All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And your failings might look different than mine. But we all know what it is to fall short and be loveless in front of a loving God. We have the same solution. The passage goes on and says, Yet all are justified freely by His grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. And you are entitled to the same grace, love, and mercy of our Savior Jesus Christ. If you're taking notes this Easter, this is our first takeaway. We may be different, but we have the same need for redemption through Jesus Christ. Now we're going to get into the Word of God, and I'm so excited to share that Word with you. Today we have the disciple John who's writing his account. He was an eyewitness of that first Easter Sunday. But we're going to meet three different characters. We're going to meet Mary and Peter and John. And we're going to see that they're all having very different emotions on Easter. For very different reasons. But they celebrate the same risen Lord. As we turn to the book of John and we recognize this is the word of God, God speaking to us, could I invite you to stand as we just honor the sharing of God's word? So the Easter account. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one who Jesus loved, and said, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have put him. So Peter and the other disciples started for the tomb. 
Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over, looked in at the strips of linen lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came along behind him and went straight into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there as well as the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus' head. The cloth was still lying in its place separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple who had reached the tomb first also went inside. He saw and believed. They did not understand from Scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to where they were staying. This is the powerful word of God as they look at an empty tomb. Could you turn to a neighbor next to you and say, He loves us the same. He loves us the same. Please be seated. When it comes to the year we just had, I think one of the quotes that will always stick with me is this one. That we are not all in the same boat, but we are in the same storm. And when COVID came, we all had to deal with it in similar ways and yet different. We all had to deal with loss. And for some people, they lost a trip or a vacation. For others, they lost a graduation celebration. For still others, it was more intense. The loss of health, maybe even the loss of life. We all had to deal with isolation. And so as we were quarantined last Easter, maybe you were isolated for a week, maybe for a month you remember. Uh, maybe for some, it's a year later and you're still dealing with the effects of isolation. You know, it's interesting to me as a pastor that as I observe people, what we all have in common is suffering. What we all have in common is this idea that we know what a hard day is like, that we know what trauma is like. We all have that as a place to relate to. In fact, I consider this quote, there is no community on earth like the fellowship of suffering. And we can all link arm to arm, and our stories might be different, but our experience the same. I bring this up because on Easter, we have three different people in the same storm. They all witness Good Friday, Jesus die, and they're wondering, what does this mean? But they're in different boats. And I think having different experiences, let me pick it apart. For Mary, I sense that she has some maternal instinct to be there at the tomb. Mary, who Jesus drove out seven demons, wants to treat this boy as her son and give her a proper burial. In fact, look what it records about Mary. She came running to Simon and Peter, the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and said, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have put him. And so she's concerned where the body is. In fact, later in this very chapter, she's speaking with a gardener and saying, do you know where they put him? Because I'll go find him. And she takes care of Jesus. Then we have Peter. And Peter's boat, he's probably still thinking about the three times he denied Jesus. Even though he said he'd die with Jesus rather than deny three times, and so he has a heavy heart, wondering what will Jesus be like when I see him again? If I see him again. John? John described as the one Jesus loved. He didn't get a chance to say goodbye. He wasn't ready for goodbye. And John represents one of Jesus' most intimate relationships on earth. 
And so John is probably dealing with a loneliness that he has never experienced before, having to say goodbye to Jesus in this way. It's the same storm, but very different boats. But what they need? The same understanding of the message. They need to hear and realize these words, that he is not here, he is risen. They need to know Jesus is not defeated, he's victorious. Jesus is not a liar, he is who he said he was, the Messiah and great I am. And Jesus is not dead, he is alive. Can't say it better than the kids. Isn't that what people need today? People who, like Mary, just keep on keeping on because they know it's the right thing to do, but they're wondering, how long do I have to keep on keeping on? I'm weary, Lord. People like John who felt very isolated and lonely and wondering, is anyone still there? Does anyone know what's going on in my life right now? People like Peter, dealing with guilt and shame, and all of us can deal with that as we know our sins our failures and we all need to hear the same message he's risen he's risen indeed and so our takeaway is this this Easter we might have different struggles but we require the same solution and we know God's plan to save all people we know God's plan to overcome this world we need to have deep in our hearts the understanding of what Jesus said When he said, in this world, you will have trouble. In fact, we say, Jesus, we have had trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. And so here is the message of Easter. That all guilt and shame is removed through the cross. You have fellowship with the Father now and forever through Jesus' perfect life. And you don't have to fear a purposeless life. You are here on purpose until God draws you to heaven. He has overcome I love the words of the hymn that we just sung. It says, Jesus lives, the victory's won, death no longer can appall me. Jesus lives, death reign is done, from the grave Christ will recall me. Brighter scenes will then commence, and this shall be my confidence. But how do we get to that place of confidence? How do we get to a place where it sinks so deep in our soul and we trust the words of Easter. You know, to talk about this, I consider how there are many different approaches to doing things. Something different this year is that there is opening day for baseball. I don't know how many of you are excited about that. And when it comes to the game of baseball, there are many ways to throw a pitch. I grew up and I watched an old school guy. His name was Dennis Eckersley. And uh, I still remember how he came from the side. I heard stories of a guy named Tim Lincecum Uh, His father is so fastidious about how he throws the baseball that he doesn't want certain teams uh, uh, to get him if they're going to change his mechanics. And then uh, there's Johnny Cueto, who uh, is famous for a shimmy. He shimmies before he throws the baseball. Now, they all get it across the plate, but they have different ways of going about it, right? Now, any teacher knows this when in the classroom. You have the same point to convey, and yet you're going to convey it differently for different people. Uh, Some like to see, some like to hear, and some like to experience what is being taught. This is true with kids as well. You treat different kids differently, though you love them the same. 
when it comes to Easter, for people to get the message. For Mary and John and Peter, I think it took different things. I consider what it took for John. John, as we see, he reached the tomb first and he went inside and all it took was the empty tomb. All he needed to know was Jesus was not there and so he must be risen and that was Easter for him. Mary, on the other hand, saw the tomb before. Mary even heard the angel announce, he's not here. And yet Mary is still confused. And so for Mary, she would need this experience with Jesus. Later, she thought she was talking to the gardener. And and look at this. Jesus said to Mary, and she turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. So Mary needed Jesus to say her name. And Peter? I'm not sure where Peter is on Easter. He's going to get the message, but I think he's still confused. I think for him, what really encapsulates the Easter message is when Jesus served him breakfast on a beach and said, feed my sheep three times, basically reinstating him three times as much as he denied, so much does he love. That's what Peter needed. Something I love about God is he looks at you individually and he treats you that way. He has a unique dance with each one of us because you're that important to him. And there are some believers who are like John. And and it's easy. The faith is easy. God said it. I believe it. That settles it. It's all I need. There are other people who need this experience. Say my name. And some remember their baptism. That in their baptism, God called them by May and they could feel the water. The water overcame them. Still others need proof. They need the details of the Easter Sunday account. That the stone was rolled away. That angels appeared. That the grave clothes were folded. Which means the body was not robbed. A robber does not fold the grave clothes. They need the details in order to know and believe that Jesus is alive. And yet God has the same goal for each one of us. His approach might be different, but he wants to give us the same faith. I consider our next point, that fill-in. He gives us the same faith. In fact, look what it says in the book of Acts. From one man he made all the nations that they should inhabit the whole earth. He marked out their appointed times in history and their boundaries of their lands. God did this so they would seek him. And perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he is not far from any one of us. No matter where you live, what language you speak, his goal is always that they would seek him and find him. And so what did it take for you? For the faith to sink in. You know, I remember being in the Czech Republic, and... uh, It's a country where 90% are atheists. 90% have written off God for one reason or another. But there was a vicar working at the church, and I just asked, how did you overcome? What did it take? And for him, he was like John. He said some people were just talking about Jesus in school, and that was enough. The simple sharing of the message in Jesus' name, that was enough for him to change his life and go against the flow in a very atheistic country. It's incredible. Others need more. I consider the story of Lee Strobel. I I love talking about him because he was an atheist. 
And he set out to prove how Christianity was wrong. And as he did the research, detail after detail backed up that the faith is true. And he is one of the chief apologists for the Christian faith. He's written a case for Easter. I consider my own story. Maybe it resonates with you, maybe not. I had Christian parents. And they baptized me. And they never took a Sunday or a season off from sharing with me the love of Jesus. I got to hear over and over again, he loves you, he loves you, he loves you. Persistence worked for me. You know, some, it might take this event, a prodigal event where Jesus rescued him. For others, it is the details and asking questions, and for others, the persistence. Regardless, though, we can have confidence in the same faith, the same resurrected Lord. But then what I see is all the different abilities God has given us. In fact, something our American society picks up on is those different abilities. In fact, I don't know if you watch any reality TV, America's Got Talent or game shows like that. There are some new ones called Game of Talents and the Go Big Show. Um, And and so I've seen some incredible things because of these talent shows. Um, I've seen uh, a guy who was a horse wrangler. He won the Go Big Show. Uh, This past week on Game of Talents, a lady who wants to swing by her hair. I'm not sure why you want to do that, but she can. And then a man who's so strong, he can uh, have a flaming log by his chin. And it represents how uniquely God has made each one of us. We don't have the same giftedness, but we all have a gift, don't we? And it's so interesting to me that this came out in the Easter account. In fact, as John was writing the account, uh, for a bit I thought he was being braggadocious. Uh, Because do you remember what he wrote about himself? Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first, right? So John is saying like, ha ha, beat you, scripture says, right? But then he writes about Peter very honestly, what Peter's like. It said, he bent over, looked in the strips of linen, but did not go in, so he calls out his own cowardice. But Simon Peter came along behind him and went straight into the tomb. (laughs) I don't care if there's a robber in there anymore, let's go. And isn't that Peter, the the one who says, can I walk on water? Isn't that Peter who's bold? And what I see is that God used both. God used Peter's boldness to lead the early Christian church and on Pentecost basically say, you guys killed Jesus, but repent and believe. But he also used John's contemplation, him thinking it through. And so John would write this letter, and he'd also write one of the grandest pictures of end times and of heaven as he was exiled on the island of Patmos. I'm talking about the book of Revelation. He used both gifts, but for the same purpose. And that's what he's still doing. We all have very different gifts, but they have the same purpose. We consider this as we turn uh, to our next point. We have different abilities, but they are for the same use. And in 1 Corinthians 12, it tells us there are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. But the final thing I notice is one of the most dramatic valley-to-hill experiences. Can you imagine Mary? 
Mary, who wakes up before dawn, ready to prepare Jesus' body for burial, and then holds on to Jesus that same day. Can you imagine the swing of emotion? I consider how that translates to Easter Sunday. So many people have had such a tough year because of COVID. And yet we went from a valley to now a hill. And I'm imagining how many languages they're hearing he has risen. I'm imagining all the locations where this is being proclaimed. I'm imagining all the pastors and all the Christians, all the saints right now who join in this celebration. We are on a hill today. But it's only a glimpse. We have different valleys in COVID. But we're on the same hill. And this glimpse reminds me of a a greatest of hills. See, the valley we're in right now is life on earth, a sinful world. But God has for us a hill where there is no more suffering or pain. A hill where people from every tribe, language, nation, and tongue will sing, salvation belongs to our God, to the one who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. Can you hear your voice on that day? Can you imagine the greater glory, beauty, and majesty of that day? Can you think about what it would feel like to once and for all know fully and be made perfect in the faith? But today, we only have a glimpse. And though with different voices and different perspectives, we can still say with the same heart, Christ is risen. Amen.